Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple in A Murder is Announced, where the villagers of Chipping Cleghorn are summoned by a newspaper notice to the house of Letitia Blacklock, anticipating a murder game but things become too real when someone is shot dead. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. An advertisement in the Chipping Cleghorn Gazette announcing that a murder would take place at Little Paddocks had proved all too accurate, although it was the intruder who had ended up dead on the drawing-room floor. His intended victim appeared to be Letty Blacklock, but had someone else fired the shots which narrowly missed her? And now her companion had been found dead in her bed. Was this, in fact, another failed attempt at Miss Blacklock's life? We present... June Whitfield as Miss Marple in Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced. Apparently, Miss Bunner went upstairs to lie down after her birthday party. It, it, it had all proved a bit too much for her and she had a headache. She couldn't find her own bottle of aspirin and she took some from a bottle by Miss Blacklock's bed. We don't know what was in the tablets. The doctor sent them off to be analysed, but it definitely wasn't aspirin. And yesterday all the neighbours were in the house celebrating her birthday. Eating a cake called Delicious Death, apparently. And the people who were there were almost exactly the same crowd who were present at the time of the hold-up. Any one of them could have nipped upstairs and substituted the pills in the bottle in Miss Blacklock's bedroom. Or anyone living in the house, come to think of it. What I really needed was an excuse to get into Little Paddocks, and Bunch very conveniently provided me with one. Her husband, the vicar, was with a dying parishioner, and Bunch had her own little emergency, so she suggested that I should go to see Miss Blacklock to convey their condolences. And now I really must rush. I hope the walk won't be too much for you. Mitzi showed me into the drawing-room, and for a few moments I had the scene of the hold-up all to myself. Dora Bunner had said to me that she suspected Patrick Simmons had tampered with a lamp to make the lights go out before the intruder burst in. She had mentioned something about there being a pair of lamps, a shepherd and a shepherdess. At the time of the hold-up, the shepherdess was on the table, and yet the following day the shepherd lamp had been substituted. But why? I hope I've not kept you waiting, Miss Marple. I'm very sorry to intrude at such a time, but the vicar is with a parishioner who is gravely ill, and Mrs Harmon has had to take one of the children to hospital. I was asked to give you this note. Oh, ah, uh, thank you. Ah, oh, it's a very understanding man. No fatuous commiseration. He wanted me to tell you that he believed Miss Bunner's favourite hymn was Lead Kindly Light. <laughs> oh. 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just that Dora was my only link with the past and the only one who remembered how she's gone and I'm alone. Oh, I do understand. One is alone when the last one who remembers is gone. I have nephews and nieces and kind friends, but there is no one who knew me as a young girl. I've been alone for quite a long time. Well, you understand very well, Miss Marple. Oh, I, I didn't expect to find you here, Miss Marple. Rather early in the day for you, isn't it? I am here on an errand for Reverend Harmon, but I shall not stay. I shan't hamper you in your inquiries, Inspector. Mm. Good morning, Inspector. Miss Marple, could you please tell Reverend Harmon that I shall be in this afternoon if he's able to call? I will. Uh, goodbye, Miss Blacklock. Goodbye, Inspector. Goodbye, Miss Marple. Goodbye, Miss Marple. And thank you. I uh, won't waste time offering you sympathy, Miss Blacklock. I feel very badly about Miss Bunner's death. We ought to have been able to prevent it. I don't see how you could have done. Dora is dead through taking aspirin tablets that were meant for me. It may be Patrick or Julia or Philippa or Mitzi next. Somebody young with a whole life in front of them. Somebody who drinks a glass of wine that's poured out for me or eats a chocolate that is sent for me. <laughs> Who's doing this, Inspector? Did Mrs. Girdler tell you anything? Uh, not very much, I'm afraid. She confirmed that Pip and Emma would be the ones to benefit by your death, but we seem to have drawn a bit of a blank over them. Can you tell me a little about their mother? Sonia Girdler, or Sonia Stamfordis. That's her married name. Would you recognise her if you saw her? I don't know that I would. It must be nearly 30 years since we met. What was she like? What, what do you remember about her? Oh, she was very attractive... Small, vivacious. She may not be so vivacious now. Could she be any of the women who were here when the intruder broke in? Mrs Easterbrook, for instance? Oh, it doesn't seem very likely. I think the Colonel met her when he was out in India. Have you got a photograph of Sonia? I've probably got some old snapshots in an album somewhere. Oh, could I have a look at them? Oh, of course. Now, where did I put them? I came across them only the other day when I was clearing out one of the cupboards. Julia was helping me. Well, I'll go and find her. You've got quite enough on your mind at the moment. Do, do you know where I can find her? I've no idea, I'm afraid. Miss Simmons? Miss Simmons? Miss Simmons? Who is it? Oh, it's you, Inspector. I was uh, up in the attic. What is it? I wanted to see the old photograph albums that you and Miss Blacklock were looking at the other day, please. Oh, oh yes, I know. Um, I put them in the big cupboard in the study. I'll find them for you. Are these the ones? Yes. What is it you're looking for? Ah, so that's where we put them. Oh, now, the ones you're after should be in this album, on the third or fourth page. Now, the other book is after she married. Mm. Um, it ought to be here. Just empty spaces. But you're quite right. Someone's written Sonia, Self, R.G. Sonia and Belle, Charlotte, Self, Sonia. There weren't any blank spaces when we were looking the other day, were there, Julia? Well, I wasn't looking very closely. 
just at the dresses and the hats. But all the pictures seem to be there. Somebody has removed every photo of Sonia Girdler from this album. Tell me, is Mrs. Hames working over at Dares Hall this morning? No, she didn't go over there today. You'll find her in the garden, I think. So what is it this time? I think you said, Mrs. Ames, that your husband had been killed in Italy during the war. Well? Wouldn't it have been better to tell us the truth? That he was a deserter from his regiment? Do you have to rake up everything? We expect people to tell us the truth. So what are you going to do about it? Tell everyone? Is that really necessary? Does nobody know? Nobody here. And I don't want my son to know, ever. His father was killed in the war and that's all it amounts to. But your husband is still alive. Perhaps. How should I know? When did you last see him, Mrs. Hames? I haven't seen him for years. You're quite sure he didn't come here a couple of weeks ago? What do you mean by that? I never entirely believed that story about you meeting Rudy Schertz in the summer house. But Mitzi saw you there with somebody. I suggest that the man who came there to meet you was your husband. I didn't meet anyone in the summer house. Deserters are often desperate men. They're often involved in raids and hold-ups. And they have foreign revolvers they brought back from abroad. I don't know where my husband is. I haven't seen him for years, and that's all I have to say. We never traced that gun, you know. It certainly didn't belong to Rudy Schertz. I need to establish whether anybody in Chipping Cleghorn has a revolver. Colonel Easterbrook has one, I believe. Hmm? How do you know that bunch? Mrs. Bott told me. She's my daily. She does for a lot of the people in the village. Being a military gentleman, she said, he'd naturally have a revolver in the house. It would be very handy if burglars happened to come along. Colonel Easterbrook. It's like those pointer things at fairs, isn't it? Go round and round and stop at something different every time. Didn't you say there was something rather fishy about him, Miss Marple? Only that he claimed to have been in Pindy, but had never heard of a cousin of mine who would have been out there at the same time. Hardly conclusive. He went out to Little Paddocks to leave a book a couple of days before the hold-up. And he could easily have oiled the lock of that door then. And he was at Dora Bunner's birthday party. I think I'll try and find out a little more about Colonel Easterbrook. I'll, uh, I'll drop in later, if I may, Mrs. Harmon. Of course, Inspector, any time you like. Thank you. Oh, I do wish that poor boy wouldn't rush off at the least hint of a possible lead. What this case needs is a little quiet thought. I'd better be off. I've got to go into Milchester to discuss the plans for the new village hall. I'll put a lamp on for you before I go. It's getting so gloomy. Thank you. I'll put it on the side table. Oh, the flex doesn't look too healthy. It's the cat. He will gnaw away at it. Oh. He'll get you a nasty electric shock one day. I'll just move these flowers out of the way. Oh, I must have filled the vase too full. Still no harm done. No. Where do I turn it on? There's a little switch there. Drat. That's fused the lights. I must have spilt the water on that bit of worn flex. It's left a burn mark on the table, too. I'll go and fix the fuse. You'll do no such thing, Bunch. You'll miss your bus. There's quite enough light, really. I just want to sit quietly and think something through. Something I should have seen a long time ago. Neither in Murgatroyd. We're going to have another go at solving these murders. But we've been over it all time and again, Hinch, and we've got nowhere. Ah, 
But that was before Mrs. Bott told us the second door to the drawing room could be opened. It changes the whole picture. I don't see how. It means that the man from the Royal Spa Hotel didn't necessarily fire the gun. Someone could have come up from behind him and done it. But who could it have been? That's what we're going to work out, Murgatroyd. Whoever did it must have been the same person who put the poisoned tablets in the bottle by Letty's bed. And that can't have been Rudy Schertz, because he's dead. We are looking for someone who was at Little Paddock's on the night of the hold-up, and who was at the birthday party for Dora as well. The only person that lets out is Mrs. Harmon, because she couldn't come to the birthday. But I don't see how anybody could possibly have substituted the tablets. We all went to the loo, didn't we? And I washed my hands in the bathroom because of the sticky cake. And little simpering Mrs. Easterbrook powdered her silly face in Miss Blacklock's bedroom, didn't she? Laura Easterbrook? Do you really think she I might don't have... know. If she did, she was being pretty obvious. But it might have been a kind of double bluff. None of the men went upstairs. There are the back stairs as well, don't forget. And if a man goes to the loo, you don't follow him to see where he's going, do you? Anyway... Let's concentrate on the night of the hold-up. I want you to try and remember exactly what you saw. Now, where was everybody just before the lights went out? You were standing beside the door. Yes, and, and when it crashed open, it was between me and the man. Rudy's shirts. And it knocked my corn. I do wish you'd go to a proper chiropodist instead of messing around with your feet by yourself. You'll get blood poisoning one of these days. Now, come on. Try to remember where everybody else was. I am trying, Hinch. I'm standing against the mantelpiece with my tongue hanging out for a drink and Patrick's taking an eternity to get round with the sherry. Letty Blacklock is by the table near the arch getting the cigarettes. Patrick goes into the other part of the room to get more glasses. Yes, I remember that. And then there was someone who followed him over there. Philippa Hames it was. I remember that distinctly because I noticed what a nice flat back she'd gotten, that she'd look good on a horse. I don't know exactly where she went, because at that moment the lights went out. It gave me such a fright. Now we're all in the dark. And the young man bursts in and starts waving the torch about. This is where you come in, Murgatroyd. But I couldn't see anything at all. Oh, yes, you could. From where you were standing, you were facing the same way as Rudy Schertz, the way the torch was pointing. The rest of us were dazzled by it, but you weren't because the door was in between. Oh, yes, but I couldn't see anything much. The torch was waving round and round. Yes, but it must have stopped on people's faces. Yes, it did. Then you must have seen somebody. Think. Try and remember. There was Miss Bunner with her mouth wide open. Good. Go on. And Mrs. Harmon with her eyes tight shut. Good. You've got the idea. When we've eliminated who you did see, we can get to the really important part. Whoever it was that you couldn't see. Think carefully. Was there someone who definitely wasn't there? I remember seeing the flowers on the table and the big armchair. The torch didn't get round as far as you, Hinch, and then it moved over to... Blast! Just a minute. Keep on concentrating, Murgatroyd. Eight three one. Yes? What? 
I can see Colonel Easterbrook. Well, at least I, th I think so. And, and then the torch moved again and... Oh. Oh, but, but that's extraordinary. You mean to say that poor animal's been there since first thing this morning? And you've only just got round to ringing me up about it? I'll have the SPCA on you. An oversight? Is that all you've got to say? <sighs> that was the station. They've had that red setter we were to pick up since eight o'clock this morning without a drop of water. I'm going to get her right away. But, but, but Hinge, it, it's the most extraordinary thing. You'll have to tell me all about it when I get back. I can't wait for you to get changed. You've got your bedroom slippers on as usual. But wait, Hinge. I've got to tell you. When I come back. But Hinge, she wasn't. Shepherdess, violets, delicious death. Is there anyone there? Yes, I am here. Miss Marple. Why are you sitting in the dark? The lights have all fused. I've got to use the telephone. Ours seems to be out of order. It's just here. I've got a lighter. But you're trembling all over. What is the matter? What's happened? It's Murgatroyd. I found her outside the cottage. She's dead. She's been strangled. Thank you for coming back with me, Miss Marple. I couldn't have faced it on my own. The police will be here very soon. What makes it all so horrible was that we turned it into a kind of game. And murder isn't the game. No. Murder is not a game. I was trying to get her to remember who was in the room on the night of the hold-up. After the lights had gone out and that man forced his way into the room. I wanted her to tell me which faces she could remember seeing. And then the phone rang. <sighs> if only I'd stayed and listened to her. That damn dog could have waited another half hour. It had been there all day. She came out and shouted after me. And that's why she was killed. Don't blame yourself, my dear. It does no good. I thought I heard someone tapping at the window, but I was too caught up in what we were doing to notice. We were shouting at each other at the tops of our voices. She must have heard it. She could have heard it all. She? How do you know it was a she? Because of what Murgatroyd said. And what was that? Just one sentence. She wasn't there. You see, there were three women we hadn't eliminated. Mrs. Easterbrook, Mrs. Hames and Julia Simmons. And one of those three wasn't there. She wasn't there in the drawing room because she'd slipped out through the other door and into the hall behind Rudy's shirts. Yes, I see. It's one of those three women. I don't know which. Excuse me, but did Miss Murgatroyd say it exactly as you said it? I don't understand what you mean. Oh, dear. How can I explain? You said it like this. She wasn't there. With an equal emphasis on every word... But there are three ways you can say it. You could say, she wasn't there. Or again, she wasn't there. As if to confirm some suspicion. Or you could say, she wasn't there. How the hell can I remember? I simply don't know. Does it make any difference? Yes, I think it does. It might make quite a lot of difference. Oh, but the police are here. I think I'd better be getting on my way. We've had a late afternoon delivery. 
Well, that makes a change. It's generally a privilege with the postman even to manage one delivery a day. <laughs> Two for you. Mm-hmm. And one for me. A letter from Harry. Oh, it's the bill from Carter's for repairing the kitchen boiler. Quite preposterous. But I expect anybody else would be just as bad. <laughs> I've no idea who this is from. So I don't recognise the writing. This doesn't make sense. Are Patrick and Julia back, do you know? Mm, yes, um, I saw them a few minutes ago. They got soaked in the rain, they went upstairs to change. Would you tell them I'd like to talk to them, please? Of course. No, wait a minute. I want you to read the letter yourself. Dear Cousin Letty, I hope it'll be all right for me to come to you on Tuesday. I wrote to Patrick two days ago, but he hasn't answered, so I presume it's all right. Mother is coming to England next month and hopes to see you then. My train arrives at Chipping Cleghorn at 6.15, if that's convenient. Yours affectionately, Julia Simmons. I don't understand. Nor do I, but I think it's about time I did. Get Julia and Patrick, if you please, and I'd like you to stay with me to hear what they have to say. I should have known that something like this would happen sooner or later. I meant to send her a telegram, but it went right out of my mind. Well, the letter, I presume, is from your sister, Julia. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, then, who is this young woman whom you brought here as Julia Simmons, and whom I was given to understand was your sister? Well, you see, uh, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but, but it was more of a joke than anything else. If you'll just let me explain... I am waiting for you to explain. Who is she? I, I met her at a cocktail party. We got talking, and I happened to say that I was coming along here to stay with you, and it seemed rather a good wheeze. <laughs> so so I, I brought her along. And what about the real Julia? What happened to her? Well, you see, she'd set her heart on going on the stage, but Mother was all against it. And then not long after we arrived in England, she got the chance to join a repertory company that was just setting up in Perth, and she was determined to give it a try. I agreed to keep Mother calm by telling her that Julia was here, learning to be a dispenser like a good little girl. Well, you still haven't told me who this other young woman is. I think it would be best if she explained that to you herself. What's going on? What's happened? The balloon's gone up. Oh, I see. Well, that's that. I suppose you're very angry, Letty. I should be if I were you. Who are you? There's no point in trying to conceal it from you any longer. I'm half of the Pip and Emma combination. You are Emma? Emma Jocelyn Stamfordis, to be exact. My father and mother split up about three months after Pip and I were born, and they split us up too. I was father's part of the loot. Not that I ever saw very much of him. I had various spells of being educated in frightful convents when father hadn't any money or when he was preparing to engage in some particularly nefarious business deal. He used to pay my first term fees with every sign of affluence and then depart and leave me on the nun's hands for a year or two. When the war came, we were separated completely. And what about Pip? Where is he now? I've no idea. I don't even know if he's alive. So what happened to you, Emma? Oh, I had quite an adventurous time. I was with the French Resistance for a while. Quite exciting. You never told me that. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I came to England. 
I knew that Mother's brother, with whom she'd had some kind of frightful row, had died a very rich man. And I looked up his will to see if there was anything for me. There wasn't. Not directly, anyhow. Mrs. Girdler was dying by inches, and there didn't seem much hope for me there. Frankly, Letty, I decided that you were my best bet. You were going to come into one hell of a lot of money, and from all I could find out, you didn't have anyone very much to spend it on. I thought you might perhaps take pity on a poor orphan girl and make her a small allowance. And then you ran into me. <laughs> it just seemed an astonishing piece of good luck. I went bull-headed for Patrick, and he fell for me in the most gratifying way. And since the real Julia had swanned off to Perth to become the next Sarah Bernhardt, I thought I'd take her place for a bit. And Patrick approved of you continuing to tell a tissue of lies to the police? Well, well, I was in a bit of a spot, wasn't I? I've got a very good motive for wanting to put you out of the way. You can't expect me to hold up my hand and say, Here I am. I'm next in line for the loot. But you must have known you couldn't keep this up indefinitely. I didn't anticipate that Julia would have a flaming row with her producer and flounce out. And I thought you would send her a cable telling her to keep away. What an idiot. Yes, it was pretty stupid. See who that is, will you, Philippa? Mitzi's probably locked herself in her bedroom. Yes, of course, Letty. And you say you have no idea where Pip is? Not the foggiest. I think you're lying, but we'll let that pass. Tell me something. When you were in the French Resistance, did you learn how to shoot a gun? Oh, yes. I'm a first-class shot. I didn't fire at you, Letty, but I can tell you one thing. If I had done so, I wouldn't have missed. It's Inspector Craddock. There's been another murder. Miss Murgatroyd is dead. She was strangled not more than an hour ago. Where have you been all day, Miss Simmons? In Milchester. I've just got in. And you, Mr Simmons? Yes. And did you both come back together? Yes. Yes, we did. No, it's no good, Patrick. That's the kind of thing that will be found out at once. The bus people know us too well. I came back earlier, on the one that gets in at four o'clock. And what did you do then? I went for a walk. In the direction of boulders? No, I went across the fields. Even though it was raining heavily? Little paddocks. <clears throat> Who? Oh, Mrs Harmon. No. No, she hasn't. Well, I've really no idea. Oh, yes, he's here. It's Mrs Harmon, Inspector. Oh. Miss Marple hasn't come back to the vicarage and she's rather worried. What? M Mrs Harmon, this is Inspector Craddock. Aunt Jane's out somewhere, but I don't know where she's got to. And they say that Miss Murgatroyd has been killed. Is that true? I'm afraid it is, yes. Miss Marple went back with Miss Hinchliffe to Boulders after the body had been found. Oh, so that's where she is. No, she left there about half an hour ago. But it's only ten minutes' walk. Where can she be? Perhaps she called in on one of your neighbours. I've rung them, all of them. I've tried everywhere she might have gone. No one's seen her. I'm frightened, Inspector. I'm certain something must have happened. In part four of Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield. Detective Inspector Craddock, Ian Lavender, 
Letty Blacklock, Sarah Lawson. Miss Hinchliff, Elizabeth Bell. Miss Murgatroyd, Alice Arnold. Bunch Harmon, Molly Gaysford. Patrick Simmons, Jamie Glover. Julia Simmons, Angela Sims. Philippa Hames, Sarah Rice. A Murder is Announced is dramatized for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.